Hello. Welcome to another story about the Peters family. This week's story, Todd's Best Christmas Ever, Part 2, is the conclusion of our story from last week, Todd's Best Christmas Ever, Part 1. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's winners were brothers Livingston and Ransom from Aubrey, Texas. Good job, you guys! It's time for this week's story. But first, I'll summarize where we left off last week. Todd Hicks's parents had been separated, and he didn't have much contact with his dad. Last week, we heard that Mr. Hicks had made a connection with Mrs. Hicks and Todd. Mr. Hicks had picked up Mrs. Hicks and Todd to get a bite to eat at Pizza Earth before dropping Todd off for pageant rehearsal. He told them that he had a lot on his mind about which he wanted to discuss with them. So let's pick up where we left off, shall we? Todd's Best Christmas Ever, Part 2. I hope you can forgive me for talking on and on, but it's important that I get it off my chest. He paused, took a deep breath, and began speaking again. Almost three years ago, I left. I know you both know that. It was a really low point for me, Maggie, and I'm certainly not making excuses, because it was a low point for you too, Maggie, and probably most of all for you, Todd. I walked out on our commitment to our marriage, and I thought I could do better on my own. I neglected both of you in anger for a long time, and I just feel sick about it. Anyway, I've been doing really well at work and have gotten a lot of promotions in the past three years. I've been putting in so many hours, and that's probably part of the reason for my promotion. It was just easy for me to work and work and work so that I didn't really have to think about what was going on in my life or acknowledge what I had done to both of you. Anyway, the work was going really well. Everything else around me wasn't. I felt like things were just falling apart. I was lonely, and I complained all the time. I was exhausted most of the time. It got to the point that I was so overworked that my life was just worth nothing to me. A friend of mine who was a co-worker would often encourage me to leave work at the regular time and join him and his wife for dinner. I can't tell you how many times he extended the invitation to me, but I never took him up on it. I think... It was probably too painful for me to even think about the fact that this dude had a happy marriage and was doing well at work, and I was by myself with only my money to keep me company. But the dude wouldn't stop asking me to come over. He just was relentless. So after about a year of him asking me, I finally agreed about four months ago to join him and his family for dinner. And from that first moment, He and his wife and their two daughters just sat and shared their friendship with me at least two nights a week. During that time, they had begun to become like family to me. So when they asked me to church, I agreed to go. I don't even know why I did. I I think I I just wanted to be with them. I began to go to church every single week. And I can tell by the surprised look on your faces that it's hard to believe. But it's true. I started going to church. And the weirdest thing of all is that I liked it. Sometimes it would make me feel sad inside 
because I knew I really wasn't a part of the people there. I felt like I was sort of an outsider looking in. Don't get me wrong, everyone made me feel friendly, but there was just something, there was just something inside that was, I don't know how to express it, except to say that I, I, I feel like there was something missing. And that's when Mr. Hicks paused, took another breath, and tried to stabilize his cracking voice. That's when the Lord broke me. The pastor was going through Exodus, and it came time for the Ten Commandments. And he spoke about how every person has violated God's law. And right then and there, I knew he was talking to me. He didn't know he was talking to me, but man, I sure did. And it wasn't just him. It was the Holy Spirit. I, I know, Maggie and Todd, that, that this might sound like a foreign language to you guys, but Todd could contain himself no longer and interrupted loudly. No, Dad, that's not a foreign language. Ma and I are saved. We're changed. The Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. One could tell by Todd's voice that he was emotional, too. Mr. Hicks looked downright shocked, but he continued undeterred. Oh, Todd, nothing could make me happier. This is fantastic news, because you're not just my son now, but we're brothers. You are my brother in Christ, dude. Bros for life. But there's even more. I had to come to terms with what I did to both of you. Divorce is a sin. And even though we never officially got divorced, I left. I left our family. And I sinned against both of you. And I neglected my duty as your dad, Todd, and as your husband, Maggie. But God has saved me. And he's forgiven me. And I've repented of my sin and I want to make it right. I love these verses that I've just been learning in Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. Again, Todd couldn't help himself. Dad, Ma and I have been learning those verses too. Let's say them together. And so they did. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. When they finished reciting those verses, all three of them were wiping tears from their faces. I want to make it right by both of you. What that looks like, I'm not quite sure. But I know I have to figure this out, not alone, but with both of you. But first things first, I want you both to know that I am so sorry for sinning against the Lord and leaving both of you. I am sorry for ignoring my duty to the Lord, and I'm asking both of you for something really hard. I would be really grateful if you would both be able to forgive me. Would you forgive me? At that point, Mr. Hicks could barely speak. His eyes were red and puffy as he looked directly at Todd, who had matching eye color. Oh, Dad, I totally forgive you. I love you. Todd crossed over from his side of the booth to Mr. Hicks' side and embraced his dad. The two cried together for about 30 seconds before separating and looking at Mrs. Hicks. 
Mrs. Hicks looked completely shell-shocked. But she was finally able to squeak out the words, I, I do forgive you, Mitch. I, I, I'm, I'm just kind of dumbfounded. I'm, I, I'm flabbergasted. I, oh, thank you, Maggie. Praise the Lord. Thank you. I don't deserve your forgiveness, Mr. Hicks said softly, but genuinely. None of us deserves anything good, Mitch, but God loves us enough to have forgiven us, so we also ought to forgive one another. It reminds me of Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Mrs. Hicks couldn't help but be emotional herself. There were so many good things happening. And I wasn't the easiest either, Mitch. I had anger too. But I am a sinner saved by grace. Todd, why don't you recite those verses you learned at Awana? Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Sure will, Ma. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works lest anyone should boast. Todd finished with a frenzied flourish and then belted out for all who were listening. Isn't that good news? They sat in silence for a few minutes. It was almost as though a holy hush had descended over them as they each, lost in their own thoughts, inwardly praised the Lord for all that was going on at that table at Pizza Earth. Soon, the waiter returned with their meal. Before they dug in, Mr. Hicks asked their permission to pray. Of course, Todd and his mom were absolutely thrilled to have Mr. Hicks pray. Oh, Lord, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for these delicious pizzas and the awesome gifts you give us. Thank you most of all, Lord, for Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins, and that you have done a work in all three of our lives. Praise you, Lord, for that. Help the rest of our time together and give us wisdom for our future. We love you, Lord. Amen. After the prayer was over, Todd told his story of how the Peters family was so influential in his life and how he had come to faith in Jesus and how God had changed his desires. And then it was followed by Mrs. Hicks who told of her conversion story and how the Peters family had been so helpful to her. The stories were long enough that the meal had long since been finished by the time they were finished talking. As the three of them drove away from Pizza Earth to church, Todd's heart felt fuller than it had in a long time. Together, his parents dropped him off at church, informing him that they would go get dessert together and talk during Todd's rehearsal. Todd could not have been happier to let them do just that. Over the course of the next two weeks, Mr. Hicks spent every single day with Todd and Mrs. Hicks. They were really acting like a family. And on the eve of the play, two nights before Christmas, Mr. and Mrs. Hicks sat down to dinner with Todd and began nervously chatting. Well, Todd, this has been a wonderful two weeks. Mr. Hicks began. We are so thankful that the Lord has given us this time together, this time to become reacquainted, and mostly to acknowledge our mutual repentance and salvation. We are only sad that we've wasted so much time, 
But if that's the way that God used to call us to himself, then we know that his providence is perfect. And I am learning that there is no such thing as wasted time in God's economy. He uses it all for his glory. So Todd, all of that to say that your mom and I, by God's infinite grace, we never officially divorced. Though we both intended to, our busy work schedules kept us from ever doing the paperwork. Now, that's just on a human level, because we know that God has worked his will in this. And what a gift he has given us. During this time together, we've worked through a lot, and we believe, as the Lord has said, that whomever God joins together must not part. It doesn't mean that we won't have trials and troubles again, but we are determined by God's grace to obey Him together as a family. And though we intended to divorce, we have repented. So, again, Todd couldn't hold it in and blurted out, Dad, this is taking forever. I know what's up. You guys are getting back together. It's totally tubular. And, and I give you my permission. Well, Todd, thanks for finishing my sentences for me, because I wasn't sure how to say it. And thanks for giving us permission. Mr. Hicks affectionately winked at Todd. No problem, Dad. Bros got to help each other out. Am I right? Once again, Mr. Hicks laughed at the exuberance of his son. <laughs> then he continued speaking. Even though we were never really divorced, we want to come together officially as believers in Jesus in a small ceremony. But it has to happen immediately because I don't want to spend another Christmas apart from you two. And the Hicks weren't just kidding. With Pastor Felsdow and the Peters family, they decided to tie the knot again the night of the pageant. They would have a small ceremony of commitment to Christ and to one another after the play was over that night, but it would be kept secret from all but a few. It was hurriedly arranged, but God, by His grace, brought the details together. On the night of the Christmas pageant, Todd felt distracted by gratitude to the King of all the earth who had come as a baby, who was their Emmanuel, God with us. As he sang out the Christmas songs along with Pearson and Penelope and the rest of the kids, he experienced joy. He was full of gratitude and joy and wanted Jesus' name to be praised. At the end of the pageant, the pastor got up on the platform and led everyone in the song, There's Room at the Cross for You. The cross upon which Jesus died is a shelter in which we can hide. And its grace so free is sufficient for me. And deep is its fountain, as wide as the sea. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. At the end of the song, Pastor Felsdow gave a brief message about this Christ child, the God-man in human form, 
who came to seek and to save those who were lost. He ended the time in prayer. Right after he finished praying, he announced quickly, Now please keep your seats. We know most of you have no idea what's going to happen. A few of you do know, but we're excited to have you all partake in a brief ceremony that recognizes the union of two people to one another and mostly in Christ. Please join us as we witness the recommitment of Mitch and Margaret, or Maggie, Hicks to one another in the presence of all. The entire church family stayed seated and were overjoyed and delighted as the Hicks family ceremoniously reunited under God and in front of everyone. Todd's eyes felt like they couldn't shed any more happy tears. He left church, but he left with the Peters family for a one-night stay while his parents went on a getaway to a local hotel. As he lay in bed that night, Todd rejoiced at all that had taken place, and he knew that this Christmas would be the very best Christmas of all. He thanked the Lord for the many gifts that God had given them. He replayed the events of the last two weeks, and he mused over the pageant that had just taken place. He thought of the lowly shepherds there in the field that night, who must have been scared out of their wits when the angel appeared to them. But the angel had said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. A Savior had been born. Todd rejoiced that a Savior had been born in Bethlehem, and that he, his mom, and his dad all knew this glorious Savior who had come as a baby, ultimately dying for the sins of those who believe. He was thrilled that his dad was back in his life and that he knew Jesus. More happy tears splashed out onto his pillow, and he whispered in the dark, Jesus, thank you so much. I love you. This is Grandmom's Corner. As we heard in this week's story, Mr. Hicks has also become a Christian just like Todd and Mrs. Hicks. So let's talk about what it means to become a Christian. Todd explained to his dad that he had repented of his sin and trusted Jesus by faith. All three of them believed that they were sinners. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's like throwing darts at a dartboard. You try to hit the target and the bullseye is the best one to hit. But sometimes you don't even hit the dartboard. You hit the wall behind the dartboard or it goes to the floor. That's how it is with our lives. Jesus was the only person ever without sin. He was perfect. I'm a sinner, and everyone listening is a sinner too. We aren't good enough to enter heaven because every single one of us has lied or disobeyed or been selfish or mean at least once in our lives. But the fact is that we've sinned thousands upon thousands of times. We deserve to go to hell where people who've not trusted Jesus will go. But there's a wonderful truth from the Bible, which is God's Word. In John 20, 31, These are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in His name. John, who was an apostle and one of Jesus' twelve disciples, wanted his readers to know that you can spend an eternity in heaven with Jesus. Betty, my nine-year-old granddaughter, has agreed to share with all of you about how she came to faith. 
I spoke to her by phone. Hello, Grandma. Hi, Bet. I want to talk to you today about how you became a Christian. Will you share some of the details of that, like how old you were and so forth? I was eight years old when I became a Christian. I became a Christian because I was dreaming one night and I dreamt that I died and went to hell and I was afraid of hell, so I woke up because I was afraid. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't want to go to hell, so I wanted Jesus to come into my life. So Mm -hmm. I prayed and repented of my sins and I believed in Jesus Mm -hmm. and he came into my life. And ever since I've been a Christian. So if you were to share the gospel with someone, what would you tell them they need to believe to become a Christian according to the Bible? They need to believe in Jesus and they need to know that they are sinning. So Mm -hmm. they need to realize that they need someone to save them Mm -hmm. and help them from what they've done. And they need to know that the only way they can get to heaven is through Jesus. So how does being a Christian affect your life every day, Betty? Well, slowly God is changing me Mm -hmm. and I'm growing in the fruits of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. When we become Christians, that doesn't mean we're perfect all of a sudden. So when you disobey or you don't work hard at your schoolwork or maybe you're unkind to one of your eight siblings, how does that make you feel as a Christian acting that way? Whenever I get angry with my siblings, I always pray that I will be slow to anger and mm-hmm. be able to talk to them. So do you tell the Lord you're sorry and confess your sins? Mm-hmm. I hope that your testimony of faith will help someone who doesn't know how to become a Christian or why they need to become a Christian. Thanks, Bet. I love you. I love you. We here at Whimsy Wins want all of you who are listening to know Jesus too. We pray for anyone listening who isn't a Christian that your hearts will be drawn to Jesus. We'll be back next week, the Lord willing, with a new story. Bye for now.